Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are back. This is the Bash Mania podcast. I am your host, Justin Bash. And we've got another great episode today. Today, Richard Perry joins the podcast. If you don't know his story, he was involved in a freak accident at a national team training camp. And he was paralyzed on the entire left side of his body. He had brain trauma. It was a crazy accident. And he couldn't walk. They, the doctors told him he would never walk again. And his story of resilience and perseverance is just wild. So keep that in mind. When, when you're listening to this episode today... Keep in mind where he's been and what he's gone through and just really absorb those words he's saying. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bashamania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do? What Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. All right, we are joined today by Richard Perry. How are you, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. The title of this podcast episode is Richard Perry is an overcomer. And I think if you look at the last couple of years, that's obvious of what you've done. And I want to dive into that. But even your entire story, like, you know, I'm I'm the guy who's never into the technique side of wrestling. I'm into the stories, the yeah. backstories, the storylines. I love that kind of stuff. And that's what I follow so closely and following your career and even looking into it more and more you've got such a unique career and story you if i have this correct you grew up in connecticut you wanted to play football and you didn't wrestle till high school that's correct yep and then what happened like your the wrestling coach said, said this guy's got a lot of athletics and he wanted to recruit you so the wrestling coach was also my freshman year football coach so i was playing for him my freshman year, he was like, hey, you should try wrestling. You would really like it. It'll help with football. I was just like, no, nah, I'm going to stick with football. I'm going to go NFL play with football. <laughs> yeah. Throw on football. I blew him off. He was just persistent. He could pursue me and kept asking, like, you should try wrestling. You really like it. How can you football? Um, has nothing but positives it can give you. I just kept saying, no, no, thank you. I'm just going to focus on football. And then my sophomore year, I was um, – I wasn't starting as a as a varsity. I was on the sideline. Yeah, it's like, hey, you could be focused on wrestling, which would make you better for football. And I was like, if you leave me alone about wrestling, I'll come up my junior year and try. <laughs> hey, by the way, real quick, I think the microphone's rubbing against something. Is the bottom of the iPad rubbing against something? Yeah, is that better? Yeah, that's much better. All right, okay. so so you told him if you if he leaves you alone, junior year you'll go you'll go out. Yeah, I'll try it. And he was like, okay. And after that, he never said anything about it again. Every time I saw him, I thought he would bring it up. He did not bring it up. And um, 
And my junior came around, and it was end of the football season. He was like, hey, we're starting over maths next week. I'll see you there. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, remember what you said? <laughs> you're going here? Like, yeah, I'll be there. And I came out as a junior. I saw all my football friends were there, and all my teammates were there. So I was like, okay, I like this. This would be pretty cool. I kind of stuck with it from there. <laughs> and that year, you were third in the state, right? Yeah. How, how did you get so good so fast? Like, that's not normal. I wrestled through JV high school. I never even made it to the state tournament, let alone <laughs> third in the state. <laughs> well, thankfully, Connecticut wasn't as good as most states, so there was some room for growing. Um, sure. So coming on as a junior was really hard, but I learned fast. Um, I adapted quickly and really worked on, like, where I was good at, like a high crotch and yeah. – um, LA. Um, so I did that the whole way through high school or through junior year. It got me really far to third place. Kind of just stuck with that. And after that, I was like, I really want to dive into this and try harder and learn more. Yeah. So then I did a camp at Edinburgh my senior my senior summer. Um, then was captain my senior year and ended up winning the state my senior year. Wow. And before we kind of get into, and I know you got a super cool story about how you made it into college and where you wanted to go, but uh, you know, talk, talking about your faith, I know how important your faith is to you. And I'm curious at what point in your wrestling career, your faith started really playing a role. Um, I was raised in the church. My mom went to church. My girl went to church. So I went to church too. Every yeah. Sunday I went to church. Uh, it's been my life um, since I was born pretty much. Um, so when I got to college, I made a cognizant effort to, like, dive into my faith um, on my own. Yeah. So in college, I made a choice to do it, um, whereas before, I was kind of, like, doing it because my, my mother brought me to church and my girl brought me to church, whereas college, I kind of, like, dived on my own. Yeah. That makes sense. And so tell me the story about how you how you ended up at Bloomberg, because didn't you want to go to another college and they didn't even call you back or something? Yeah, I wanted to go to... Um, Sacred Heart in Connecticut. It was only Division One College in Connecticut that I knew I could wrestle there. Um, I reached out to them and never reached out to me back. I went to the campus for a visit and I could never get in touch with the, the head coach or any of the coaches. So I got really salty. I was like, let me find their schedule. I found their schedule where I saw the people in the worst. It was Bloomsburg. I saw them in the Bloomsburg. And they retired. <laughs> I know it's petty, but it's like if you can't beat them, join them. It's like that, like okay, I'm gonna go for your competitor. Exactly. Yeah, and I reached out to John Sussman, who was head coach at Bloomsburg, and he like called me ten minutes later, or he reached out to me back ten minutes later, and we're talking. I came on a visit. I loved the school. I loved their environment that they were training in, um, and it was history after that. And did you have like a chip on your shoulder? I know from reading different stories, you really wanted to prove yourself, not just because of what happened with um, Sacred Heart, but just you, you got so good so fast where you start in your third in state and then you're state champion. I, I imagine the idea was, hey, I need to keep this path going up. What was your perspective heading into college and how did you kind of manage your expectations? I definitely had a chip on my shoulder for sure because I was like trying to prove myself to myself and also to everybody else that I can do this and I can succeed at this level. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a tip of my chip on my shoulder for that. Um, I wanted to be the best. Um, 
in college and I wanted to be the best um, when I got to college. So I definitely had a chip on my shoulder. And then throughout, you know, when, when you had some disappointing finishes or losses, I know as a Christian what my rock is for dealing with disappointment, but it's still hard. You know, if you want all American, you don't, you want to be a national champion, you don't. How did you overcome the adversity? How did you overcome where you fell short in your college career? Um, I just focused on like what was next, like what's coming next and what can I do more next time? Yep. And that really put me forward to trying again and trying harder, coming back stronger. Um, and that's kind of my motive, my my motto, my my motive for the whole college career. Let's come back stronger next time. Yeah. And after college, what was the game plan? Like, okay, hey, I didn't necessarily do what I wanted to do in college, but I still want to be a world and Olympic champ. What was the motivation and the perspective to keep going after college? Well, I met my wife in college, and we talked about it. Like, I can go into coaching or I can yep. try wrestling. We yep. talked about it, and he was like, you should try wrestling. I don't think you're finished yet. I think you got a lot more to give to the sport. And she really pushed me towards it. I was like, okay, I'm going to try this, but it's a full commitment to do this. Like, I have yeah. to go. I'm be gone for some, some weeks at a time. It's a full commitment. She said, okay, let's, let's do it. So then we kind of dove into it. And then what does it mean? Like, you went, you were Kyle Slender's training partner when he went over to Rio to win an Olympic gold in 2016. What was that experience like, and how did that motivate you and kind of shape your perspective even further? And that was a good experience. That was an awesome experience being his training partner, um, being there with him, watching him warm, I mean, being with him warming up and watching him prepare for his matches. Like, um, I was right there with the, with the best in the world, you know, so I was right there with him. It was motivating to me seeing him wrestle and Jay and also wrestling. Like I can be one of those guys. Yeah. Like he pushing and trying and striving. I can be one of them. And then you did put in the work. And then you, I, I want to say it was June 2018, you secure a spot on the national team. And I know that was a big moment for you because that not only secured some funding, secured some different things being on the USA team, but it was also another step towards your goal of if you want to be a world and Olympic champion, you got to first be on the national team and you did that. How much did that mean to you? And what was your perspective after that? It meant the world to me, actually. My perspective after that was like, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right things. Um, it was really challenging making that national team that year because I had lost previously in the finals of the world team trials. Um, and I was really devastated about that. Um, and that like hurt me really deeply. So coming back from that loss and trying to train for that one match was really hard. Yeah. Um, but I was able to do it with the coaches, with, with, with um, Brandon around me. He helped me motivate me to push, to make this national team and to train hard and get ready for the opportunity when it presented itself, yeah. um, just motivated me to do that and really helped me um, and made national team. And when you have that loss that's disappointing to you, and I've been there, and I, I don't deal with disappointment well. You can ask my wife. If I get, like, really bad news, I go and just, like, lay in bed under the blankets for, like, three hours. And I'm good the next day, but I need that, like, three-hour, like, sulk and, what was your perspective after the loss to like 
keep going and to not get distracted or not kind of feel sorry for yourself? I was definitely getting distracted and feel sorry for myself for like a, a while after that. Um, sure. Kept talking to, to Brandon about it and he kept just motivating me to, to push forward and take the next step, take the next step. Um, and my training partners also, Pete Rinda, was just like, you can do this. I, I believe in you and um, just keep pushing forward, keep training and you'll come back stronger. So I kept doing that and as I kept doing that, it got, got easier to train and got more, was more fun again. And um, I just started feeling like myself again. And then the match came and I rested well. And you mentioned Brandon and Brandon's a guy who I've been kind of talking to more and more. And the more I talk to him, the more I want to talk to him. He's one yeah, of those, good dude. He, he's one of those men that you, you want to be around. What has your relationship with him been like? between training at the, at the Penn RTC, between him being kind of almost like a father figure in so many lives, the way people talk about him is it's like, he's not just a coach. He's like a, he's a mentor. He's a leader. He's a father figure. What has that relationship been like? It's been amazing to have Brandon in my life. He's been nothing but, but a blessing to me and my family. Um, just being there every milestone has been great. Um, it's motivating me, pushing me to reach the new heights. I don't think it was possible without him. Um, he's just been leading me as a, a man, a father, a wrestler, yeah. a Christian. He's been a really good leader. And, you know, so going back to the t timeline here, really, you make the national team, and then a couple months later in August, you have this insane freak accident. Tell me a little bit about what happened there. Oh, um, so, yeah, we were at the training, we had a training camp in California, San Diego. Yeah, and we were doing some some um, hand to hand training, and I got poked in the eye um, while training, um, and it broke my orbital bone and it went into my brain. So it was an intense injury, and I was in the hospital for about like two months after that. Um, well, I got transferred to what's up? No, go ahead, continue. Sorry. I was in the hospital for a month in California, and then I got transferred to Philadelphia um, for like a month of rehabilitation. Um, and I got out in November, um, and I was able to go home in November. That's wild. How long was it after this accident took place where you regained consciousness? Um, so I was conscious shortly after it. Um, I would say within a couple of days, I was conscious. I don't really remember it though. Like yeah. you didn't tell me all about like what I was doing, what I was saying or what I was saying. And then and I had a seizure. And after that, I was, wasn't conscious. I would say until I got to, to Philadelphia again. So is that when your memory kind of picks back up as far as like you, you have this mentality to be an overcomer and to push through. When was the point that you kind of, were able to even get those thoughts together? Um, definitely when I was in Philadelphia, I kind of put it together, like what was going on and why, why I was there. Um, trying to figure out what was going on was the hardest part. Like, yeah, not being able like, I, I was not being able to, I wasn't able to talk while I was there. So that was really scary too. Um, and my left side was, was paralyzed. So like not being able to move my left side, I was so confused. Um, but, Figuring it out, putting it together, like what happened, like why I was there, um, yeah, and focusing on what I could do next to like improve myself was important. 
And I'm assuming when you're in a position like that, it takes willpower. Like you have to set your mind to say, I'm going to fight through this. And as doctors are saying, something might not be possible. And I know there has to be an element of just like fear. Like I left side of my body is paralyzed. How are you able to keep a perspective in that and not lose lose hope and not just say like, you know, we just talked a minute ago about when we can feel sorry for ourselves. Doesn't sound like you really had time to do that. Yeah, I think I was just focusing on the next step, kind of like I did in college, focus on the next thing I could do to improve myself. Um, what comes next was the thing that kind of motivated me, like seeing my family again, being able to walk with my kids and walk with my wife, um, yeah. which is definitely motivating me, pushed me to try to recover as quickly as possible. Um, definitely helped me. I would say God, God played a major role in all this, obviously. Um, yeah. Having him um, definitely motivated me to to push harder, to like not give up. Do you think that everything that God has done in your life up until that point helped you to be able to fight through that? Like if you didn't have the foundation you had and you didn't have the relationship with Jesus that you had, do you think you would have had the strength to be able to fight through that? I don't think so. <laughs> I think he was preparing for this for a while. I mean, I was yeah. reading over, I was reading the book Overcomer, um, right before I went out to, to camp in August. Reading that book and like going through the trials I've gone through in my life definitely pre prepared me for this. What do you think was the hardest part about the recovery? Um, missing missing time with my family was definitely the hardest part. I would say like missing those two months with my family was definitely hard. Um, and seeing like seeing guys like pass me on the ladder to like a wrestling was definitely hard too and that sure. was discouraging but i just kept looking forward i remember seeing a video taylor miller posted back in january just a couple months later and it seemed surreal it was one of those things where i'm scrolling through twitter aimlessly you know looking at commentary and then all of a sudden, it's a video yep. of you running on a wrestling mat. And I'm like, wait, what? And, you know, there's there's a second of it that's like, man, this is a guy that the entire community rallied around and prayed for. Like, how good is God that, like, this is happening? And, and then the other part, like, the kind of more human part is like, wait a minute. He's actually going to try to wrestle? Like, what was your perspective once you started your your rehab and your recovery was it instantly like I'm getting back on that mat? I still want to be a world and Olympic champ. And if there's an ounce of hope that I can do this, I'm going to do it. Yeah. It was like once I, once I can start moving again, I was like, I'm getting back to wrestling. There's no way I'm not wrestling again. That motivated me to push harder and to like, um, to try harder and to give more effort. And everything I was doing in my rehab, yeah. um, my strength training, um, was definitely motivating me to push harder. Did the doctors say you were going to be able to wrestle again? Initially, no, they're like, get me. They're saying, I was not gonna be arrested. They were saying it'd, it'd be it'd be a miracle for me to even walk in. They were saying so, wrestling was out of the question. Um, it was just not on, on the same page as me. <laughs> it sounds like it. How did you cope with that initially when they're like, Hey, yeah, wrestling? No, like you might not even walk again. Like, was it a thing of, Hey, the second I can walk, I'm gonna first prove you guys wrong and walk. Then I'm going to prove you wrong, 
and I'm going to wrestle. Like, was that your train of thought? Is when when did you realize that you think you could wrestle again? Um, I think I never doubted that I could wrestle again. I never doubted that it would happen again. <laughs> I knew I was going to wrestle again. I knew I was going to walk again. I just never gave up hope about it. And it just kind of played out that way that I pushed through it and I got better and I healed my left side and I was able to walk again, able to run again. Now I'm back to wrestling. I never doubted that I would wrestle again. I just, I would say something to prove, something to, prove to the doctors that they were wrong. Yeah, motivating me to go. And I'm assuming during yeah. this this time that you're also trusting in God, and I'm I'm assuming God's given you that passion. He's lighting a fire. Like, hey, I'm not done with you yet. Like, here you, you went from oh, paralyzed yeah. to wrestling. Like, I imagine that's got to ignite a fire like nothing else. Oh yeah, definitely. That definitely has. I mean, I just feel so passionate about what I'm doing and what I'm able to do because I think God gave me another chance for a reason and it's just like don't waste this chance he gave it back to you so you better use it to you know to the highest yeah. measures possible yeah and and moving forward your perspective i i assume is, is forever changed when you go through something like that how do you think that accident has shaped your your mind and your heart for the future um it's definitely changed me, I would say. Maybe more grateful for the things I do have and like maybe more patient for the things I don't have, like um to be more patient and maybe more patient, I would say, and it definitely shaped me um in a positive way. Yeah. And you know, you talk about wrestling again, and it's funny, like the average guy trying to do this would would, would fall short even maybe walking, let alone getting on the map. So it's no surprise that a guy who has the motivation and the willpower to accomplish what you have on this road back, it's no surprise that you have a guy like David Taylor at your weight, right? Where it's not like there's there's, yeah. op there's open weight classes like 65 where you have good guys, but none of them are world champions. Like you have a world champion. So it's like it, God is writing this story where if that's how it plays out, if that's God's will, it's like, you not only have to walk again, you not only have to wrestle again, you now have to be potentially one of the best guys on the team. That that road, it's just like there's no breaks for you, <laughs> like from walking to wrestling oh, no to actually beating the best. What is your perspective to say, man, I've fallen short against David Taylor in the past. He's a good wrestler. But now this is different. I, I have to beat him and you have to you can't even be. 80% of what you were in the past as a wrestler. You have to be better than you've ever been. Are you confident yeah. you can be? And how do you think you can go about doing that? I'm confident I can be better than I was before. Yep. I just know all things, with God, all things are possible. So just knowing that and like knowing how he can work anything out, I just know it's possible to be better than I was before the injury. Um, and just seeing what he's done so far has more yep. to push further. Like not not and I believe in him. Um I don't doubt what he can do because he's God's. I know he's all power, all powerful. Yeah. Amen. He is. And last thing here before I let you go about your day, what is your perspective through this quarantine? I imagine it's kind of had to be a blessing for you because you're in one respect, you're you're eager to get back to, to normalcy after dealing with such an injury. 
but it's also kind of given you, I'd assume, time to really work on everything, whether it's mentally, whether it's emotionally, physically, like you had this time. What has this quarantine done for you in, in your rehab and your recovery? Um, so I was, I was in the rehab like twice a week yep. for like past like six months. Um, and I was lifting and I was wrestling. So it actually allowed me to slow down and spend time with my family, my kids, um, yeah. and just spend more time with them and appreciate them more um, without the hectic life that I was living. Um, so it gave me that opportunity to do that. And um, I can wait a little bit longer, I would say. Um, I'm not waiting this long to get back on my mess. I'm right. waiting a little bit longer. Yeah, so it's actually going through that has helped me go through this with grace, yeah. I would say. It's trained me to like be patient. Um, and You're not kidding. Be patient with God, like trust God and everything that we do. So yeah. definitely trained me with that. And and I lied because there's one more thing. Last thing, the Penn RTC is exploding. You've got McFadden joining the Penn RTC. You got all yeah. these guys, McKenna. W what does it mean to to be a part of that and now watch the Penn RTC growing like it is? It means everything to be a part of that. Like being the first athlete to join them was special, and being here and watching how it's evolving and taking shape, it's great. Like to see all the guys we're adding, yeah, it's like. I a fire in me to get back to wrestling a yeah. lot quicker than I was before. So definitely it's inspiring to see all these guys coming in from yeah. all over the different places. And I've heard some names and some whispers of guys that are potentially going to be going there. I'm not going to mention them, but man, the, the future is bright for Penn RTC. And I mean, even a half hour of this conversation, I'm inspired by, by hearing your story. So thank you for taking some time this morning and sharing it with me and the audience. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being on this. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course, it. man. Listen, go enjoy your day. We'll speak soon. Have a good one. You too. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.